0: Welcome, citizens. You're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now.
1: From the top floor of City Hall, this is New Amsterdam Radio. What's going on, citizens? Flobo Boys here. Going that path, traveling the road of finding creatives and entrepreneurs just like you, are out there making it happen, out there making waves for themselves, out there building platforms and empires. My guest this week is doing an empire with some food. Before all that, just got to say, as always, thank you so much for making this show part of the podcast, Diet. You can learn more about New Amsterdam over at newamsterdam.com. You have hundreds of thousands of options. But the fact you're rocking with me means a lot to me. Be sure to share the show. Make sure you don't hold out... On all that goodness amongst your friends, uh, New Amsterdam Radio is available wherever you stream your podcast. I'm a Spotify guy myself, but they're not paying me to say this. <laughs> so on this episode, I realize that I will forever be a fat kid because food is amazing. And for those of you wondering, yes, I legitimately was a fat kid, and not just say it to be funny. Well, my guest this week, we're going talking to Hannah Harley Young over at Crazy Sexy Food, has found a way to make a podcast work for her on and her path of being a presenter in the midst of the pandemic. So it was a lot of fun being able to sit and chat with her really about what makes her tick, what makes her motivated to create and what's the next level for her empires. For those of you out there who have dreams of not so much the first step Of whatever the thing you want to work on, but the next step how do I find an enterprising way to do it? You're going to enjoy this episode. And if you haven't already, uh, stick around for that message about graduation day. Graduation day is still available on Amazon, it is life lessons from the real world. Basically, I go back in time theoretically to give advice to myself on the day I graduated college. But without any further ado, we're going and talking about crazy, sexy food. Yeah. Welcome back to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. It is I, the mayor, of voice Bo in the mayor's office, sitting with people who are doing the dang thing, and my guest today is doing it because you know, deep down inside, I am a fat kid for life. I love food, I love it when it's crazy, and I love it when it's sexy. Please welcome the owner, operator, and host of Crazy Sexy Food, Hannah Harley Young. Hello. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, I think I g I'd give you a big intro, you know, because you know, do you know what, to be honest with you, there's
0: a fat kid in me too. <laughs> it is what it is. This is why we're here.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> let's talk about it. Crazy Sexy Food. It's going six series. They call them series in Europe, y'all. Six series of content. Uh, first of all, how does that feel? Having a show be so long in, in that journey of being launched? Do you know what?
0: It feels amazing. Um, I, the funny thing is, is that when I started Crazy Sexy Food, it was never meant to be a podcast. That, mm-hmm. This is why I'm sort of like a bit in shock by how well it's gone so far. And because the initial idea was actually for TV, and and it still very much is, and I sort of started the podcast because I was just, I honestly, it was a bit of like, a personal reason. I just wanted to like practice and hone in on my presenting skills and my interviewing skills. And I thought, hey, why don't I start a podcast? And it, we're talking like back at the end of 2019.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: honestly, looking back on it all, if you told me that I'd be sitting here talking to you and I was coming towards the end of season six, I'd be like, no way. Maybe <laughs> one season and that's it. Yeah. So it feels amazing. And And at the same time, it's gone quite quickly. You know, if you think that I only launched the the podcast in February twenty twenty, you know, Mm -hmm. we're talking it's been it's been two years.
1: So, was presenting the dream or something you fell into? What's yeah? So,
0: presenting was always what I wanted to do. Uh, I'd say from like my mid to late teens, I've always been a very outgoing, very bubbly person, and. Let's be honest. I love being the center of attention.
1: <laughs> hey, I got a host Michelle. I understand. Listen, you know what
0: I mean? Like, I, I love it. I love it. I don't shy away from any of it. You know, I'm that girl that starts planning her birthday like five months in advance. I celebrate my half birthday like any chance. Me
1: too. To- they call it Christmas. We
0: friends. <laughs> like any chance that you know it was about me, I've kind of like been at the forefront of it. So. When I then was deciding, because I know the system is a little bit different um, in the UK compared to the US, but in the UK, you sort of, in your in your final two years of high school, you do your A-levels and your A-levels kind of determine what you're going to do at university. So mm-hmm. I was always a creative. I'd come from a background. Um, my father is a photographer and I and I had found a real love in photography and I ended up getting into photography, I I did an art foundation course, which at art school, I ended up going to art school, basically, and I ended up specializing and getting a BA in photography. But during that period of time, I kept thinking about this presenting idea, but I had no idea what I was doing. And and if I'm completely honest, I was incredibly innocent, naive, and a little bit entitled in the sense that I just thought I could walk into like a TV network and they'd just see a total rising star in me and put me on TV. And I just thought, I've got it all. Like, But I wasn't yeah. arrogant about it. It was just total naivety. Right. So I ended up um, meeting a really lovely guy who is an actor over here in the UK called Femi. And Mm -hmm. he was um, hosting a chat show on a very primitive YouTube at the time. (laughs) And it was kind of like an all male chat show based in a barber shop. And he said, look, if you wanna come on, why don't you come as like the female anchor? And I was like, okay, I don't know how this is gonna work but let's try it out. Anyway, if anyone finds that footage, then I'm gonna to have to pay for it because it can never ever oh, be service. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, but I just, it was the fact that I was getting out in front of camera and I ended up getting my own little sideshow from this YouTube thing that they were doing. I mean, it was all unpaid. It was just something that, you know, all the guys enjoy doing as a side thing, but I was taking it more seriously anyway. It's a good sign story. though, because no it one's ever a like sign. no
1: one looks at a kindergarten artwork, and be like, oh that that's great, I yeah. not gonna miss, yeah.
0: <laughs> but honestly, like I remember the first episode, we were filming on like a golfing golf uh, golf course or something, and I was so nervous that I actually don't speak the entire episode.
1: <laughs> oh wow! <laughs>
0: so I'm literally on this panel with these guys, and I'm just sitting there like t- like twiddling my fingers, and I you, it's just it's embarrassing, but it's fine. We all got to start somewhere and uh so to cut a long story short about another year goes by and by this point I've graduated you know I've got the degree but I and I don't want to go too much into it but I, I had a really bad time at university I didn't enjoy uh the degree that I was on and that is for various reasons partly my fault partly probably not suited to the to the university and everything and I completely lost my passion to be a photographer. Uh, so I refused to ever pick a camera up again. Yeah. And I kept pursuing this presenting and it just wasn't really going anywhere because I knew I didn't know that you have to hustle for this sort of job. Like it just doesn't like sometimes it can come overnight if sure. you're the lucky one or for whatever whatever route you've taken. But the general rule of thumb is that you have to work hard at, at certain careers and i didn't know who i was then i've always been like a really late starter and we're talking like i was 21 22 like who was hannah then i didn't know Mm -hmm. who she was and so i put it on a back burner and then i did pick up a camera and i became a photographer and that was 10 years ago 11 years ago longer actually and um and the rest was history so Then, sort of fast forward to 2018, and I realized that there were no cool young females fronting the (laughs) kinds of food shows that I was really interested in. And at this time, you know, we're talking like the Don Anthony Bourdain, who no one can touch. You know, for me, he was just the best that ever did it, and there will never be anyone like him. But that kind of gritty food documentary and traveling. I don't know what it's like in the US, but over here in the UK, there's no one doing it. And I was like, why are all these middle aged men just like fronting all these shows? I want to see someone like me. I want to see someone who is, you know, a girl in her late 20s, early 30s, eating a massive hamburger, eating that whole pizza and not feeling ashamed for it and talking to people. And and basically
1: here we are. I just love the fact that it's a massive cheeseburger. That's a, that's hope about that life. Making the, the better, as I always say. Uh, and it, it's funny because I I don't want to speak for you, but I think I had a similar interest uh, situation with film school, right? So I graduated college, uh, uh, university <laughs> uh, with, with a with a television degree, and I decided to go to film school because I wanted to be an editor. That's why I live here in Los okay. Angeles. I wanted to do it, but the schooling was so intense. Uh, I did graduate; I got the piece of paper. But I was just so done with the craft of film editing. I kind of dropped it, and it was. My parents were immigrants, so it was kind of like the, well. You have put all this money and time doing this direction; you're not doing it anymore. What are you doing? And I goes, I'll figure it out. And I was 25 years old, don't know what I was going to do, and you kind of figure out what you're you're made for. So it's kind of cool that that you see like people like yourself going. No, I even though I'm shaky starting, I know what I want to do. But you had mentioned the show, Crazy Sexy Food, launched at February, 2020, precarious timing because the world was open. It was nice, it was fun, but you got like, what? Three weeks in before we <laughs> were all in place. Walk me through that and why you decided to keep going when everything was all scary.
0: So what happened was, let me take it back to December, 2019. I'd set up the social media platform, Crazy Sexy Food. I had an Instagram page. People had no idea what it really was. They thought I was a food blogger. I kept telling people that I had filmed this pilot episode for this documentary style show. And I had filmed it. I would filmed it over 2018 and 2019. Life was really wild in 2019. My work was at my photography career was at this absolute peak. I was traveling all over the world. So I guess crazy sexy food at that time was something I was talking to people about, but nothing really to show. So towards the end of 2019, that's when I was like, I'm gonna do this podcast, let's work out how I do it. Okay, you know, I got some nice equipment and made a list of people that I, and I, yeah, I made a list of guests that I wanted to interview because I knew the format of what I wanted because I was listening to quite a few podcasts at the time and I was picking and choosing things that I liked you know, whether it was doing a really nice intro at the beginning. So I can't take all credit for everything, but I kind of mixed all these ingredients together to create my own format. And again, the amateur in me was like, okay, I've got to like pre-record all these episodes. I've got to pre-record this whole season, this whole series, um, because... I, I I don't know I don't know Are you meant to record an episode two days before the air date two weeks before the air date two months I didn't know any of this stuff yeah. so I just did what I thought felt right Well thank God I pre recorded that season because yeah. that season was recorded in January 2020 in February 2020 I submitted it to Apple Podcasts I think on February 26th it got accepted. And the UK went into COVID lockdown on March the 18th.
1: Okay, similar here.
0: So I had already probably had a couple episodes out by that point. And suddenly, mid-March, everyone's at home. No one knows what the hell is going on. Uh, people suddenly have a lot of time on their hands. A lot of people are distressed. They're scared. We all don't know what's happening. And I think that, Aside from the fact, and I don't say this arrogantly, but aside from the fact that I think it was a good format and I created something quite fun, I do think the timing played a big part in it as well. Because within the first season, and I only did like 10 episodes, it went into the top 10 in the UK, in the top UK podcast charts. And I was like, what? Like what what's happened here? Like, how has this even happened? I then was written up about on like quite a well-known website in the UK, and I'm like, I didn't sell that story and like, who's listening to this? I don't understand. I've got like 200 followers on Instagram. How do these people know about me? So, you know, you are back to your question, this was the only thing I had going. My photography career completely dried up. I didn't end up, and, you know, I still do the photography. I just don't really talk about it as much because I really am following the dream that was always there that had laid dormant for so many years because I didn't think that I could try again to become the presenter that I wanted to be. So Right. right now I am doing what I wanted to do all those years ago. But... I didn't get any photography for work, which is my bread and butter or was my bread and butter for eighteen months and you know that 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 took me into a bit of a weird space mentally and and I and I did really suffer at moments during what has been obviously a really terrible time for the world over. Mm-hmm. but I got up every single day and I worked on crazy sexy food and I hustled and I am. Um, you know i'm not saying that i'm anywhere close to where i want it to be like i really have big aspirations for it but it's definitely the, the cogs are turning
1: put yeah. it that way it's all, it's all progress yeah uh, this is kind of a a a question and i and i mean this with all due respect because it is a fun show. If you guys have not checked out Crazy Sexy Foods, available on your your podcast service and on YouTube. But I was writing down how, what I would describe it. I have like, it's a travel blog, cultural education, talk show mix. How do you describe your show to someone who's like, what is your show about? Because there's a lot of elements in there, but it all kind of works.
0: Okay. So I see Crazy Sexy Food in general as like a three pronged platform you've kind of got the podcast, which is what I'm probably most well known for at the moment. You have the YouTube channel, which is essentially me creating videos of what I would love to be on TV one day. So the Mm -hmm. videos range from everything about the rise in street food culture in, in London to the best Caribbean food in London, to the best donuts you can find in London, to uh, a few recipe videos. I created a whole series during lockdown called Crazy Sexy Quickies, <laughs> uh, which was just me showing you how to make some of my favorite recipes. Um, and then there's kind of like the social media presence and you know, working with brands and all of that sort of stuff. But re- I, you're probably referring to the podcast show. So go back to your question. <laughs>
1: Well, how do you describe it? If someone falls into the brand, like, what does that really mean? How do you describe what your show is? About yeah. Talk?
0: So I created this sort of what has now, I guess, become a bit of a tagline, which is that I'm interested in the people behind the food and the stories behind the people. Ooh. And what I mean by that is when I initially made that sort of phrase in my head, it was more about if I was gonna go travel around the world, let's say I was gonna to go to Mexico, I wanna go and meet your guy on the corner who's making the best tacos. And I wanna know what his story is because I wanna I want know his struggles. I wanna know where he's from, what's going on with his family, why he has to get up at two o'clock in the morning to get those tortillas made in order to make those tacos, in order to make the money that's gonna provide for this, that, whatever. That's what I'm interested in. It's the, the grittiness. But when the podcast then came about, and I have all walks of life on the podcast, I have super well-known people. I have people who are not that well-known. And for me, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, the color of your skin, your religion, your social standing, Mm -hmm. what language you speak. The most common conversation we can all have is food because we all need food. It sounds so cliche, but if we don't eat We're not going to, we're not going to live. So, (laughs) and it's incredible for the range of people that I've spoken to, how much they suddenly, it's like they take a massive deep breath and they're like, oh, like this is common talk. We can break bread together. I don't care who you are, but we, I know we're going to bond over this. And, Mm -hmm. and I do every time and everyone's got a story.
1: Yeah, there's a cool things about about your videos. You do give, even if you don't see the person who makes it, you make every dish special. In fact, one of my favorite episodes, because if you guys follow me on Facebook. I call myself the fried dough aficionado. It was the podcast video you went and did the, the scoring all the London donuts. I, was like, <laughs> I didn't know there was a donut scene in London, England, start off with that, and I will travel monthly. <laughs> that's okay. uh, so what's about your persona being able to present yourself, but obviously in a way that, you know, you know, when you're Presenting the options to the audience, you think about what Hannah is when the camera's rolling, or is it like no, it's just you, one hundred percent at all times. Like, what's the balance like?
0: Honestly, what you see is what you get. I've always, always maintained this. I listen. There's a part of me that listen. I'm thirty-four years old. Okay, I'm from like two different generations. Where I know I'm still young, but I have a very old head and. I'm quite old school in the way that I approach life. For example, I don't use a, di- I don't put my diary on my phone. I have a filofax. That's my diary. I write things down. Hey, see? <laughs> and, I, and, and, I, and I was not paid to do that because I know I about <laughs> the name of your podcast. But The point is, is that, you know, we live in a new world of social media. And I have a lot to say about it because... I have a lot of issues with it. I think it I think it does its purpose. I think it's incredible. I probably wouldn't be sitting here today talking to you if it wasn't for things like Instagram and and you know getting that presence and getting that following but it needs to be used in the right way and I don't believe in things like filters. I don't believe in trying to be something that you're not. Life Mm -hmm. is too short. I just want to enjoy my life. If you don't like me you don't need to listen. You don't need to watch the, you don't need to watch me. You don't need to follow me. I'm not gonna take it personally. So for me, I there's a part of me that sometimes get does get a bit pressured. I need to be that glossy girl and have my hair done and make sure that when we're filming, I've got a glam team and whatever. No, I'm reco- I'm filming a food documentary style show. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm not that person. Like, of course I take pride in how I look and and how I act. And I do, I do think about things like, trust me, if you got me off this podcast, I'd be swearing. I have a terrible (laughs) mouth and I have been told about that. So, you know, and I'm wary of things like that, (laughs) but I'm wary of things like that, you know, that I don't want to, I want to be available to all kinds of people. Right. I don't want to sort of, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to sort of give off that sort of vibe. But at the same time, I'm just, I'm your girl next door. I'm fun, like, but I can also be serious.
1: So let's like get back together. Fun, serious, young, old head, crazy, <laughs> sexy, food. TLC reference or no? You know what? You're not the first person
0: that said that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. Oh, ah. No, I know. And I remember when I was trying to come up with the name, I actually got worried that it reminded me too much of a film that I watched as a teenager called Crazy Sexy Love, I think. There was like Mm. one of those like rom-coms at the time. But yeah, yeah, Crazy Sexy Food. You remember that name, you know, it's not like.
1: Oh, absolutely. I I think that's what made me go, wait, what kind of, because it makes you wonder what the mix is, right? Like, what what am I expecting, you know? Mm. Uh, but let's let's talk about you as as a, as an individual outside of the podcast. We're call the podcast five star Let's be honest with you guys. After listening to this, make sure to check out a couple episodes. What does a day off look like for Hannah? What what do you do when you realize you have no content to create, no other clients? How do you how do you live?
0: Day off? What's that?
1: Day- <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> the the agent texts have told you of a day of nothing. <laughs> no.
0: Okay. So I'm actually very good with that whole like work-life balance? I've been self-employed my whole life because I just you know I obviously became a photographer after that year of pursuing presenting and whatever then when it didn't work and um, what is a day off for me? So I'm really into um, my exercise so I'm usually at the gym like five to six times a week
1: Okay. Are Um, you rowing? Are you cardioing? Are you doing like the free weights? What's your thing? It
0: depends. So I split it all up. I do uh, a lot of HIIT training. I go for, I try and go for a run once a week. I love Pilates just because that's like my nice active recovery day. I do do weights, but I don't do them as much as I used to because um, someone over here uh, is too stubborn. So when she feels injured, she still keeps going to the gym, and then she really <laughs> injures herself. <laughs> I can't be trusted to be right. doing all that heavy weightlifting, but I love it, and and I do see a difference with the weightlifting. But I prefer to do it if I'm with somebody because you know if if, if you're doing like proper weightlifting, I, I don't really feel comfortable doing it by myself I also and this is absolutely nothing to do with um my show or whatever I obviously love eating out it's still my biggest pleasure so I always have a list like on my phone of yeah. places that I want to try um and cooking I love cooking and I just um I guess this is like from coming out of lockdown you know just walking and observing life and yes yeah. Just chilling out. And then there's obviously the other side of me. I love a good party. I love going out with my friends.
1: Okay. Do you dance? I, I, of course you... I
0: dance.
1: Oh, I'm a guy who sits in the corner with my beer. I don't <laughs> Oh no, 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 no. I'm on the dance floor. A hundred percent. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no rhythm. I'm gonna talk to my own people. Uh, we talk about things about food. What do you, are you a kind of person that does like the the common haunts and try to throw in a new restaurant every once in a while as like a baseline, or do you say, "Hey, look, I'm trying new things"? And also, can you enjoy food for what it is, or are you thinking with the presenter mind at all times now?
0: Okay, so I love to try new food, and that's why something like street food culture has really changed the scene, especially in the UK. You know, 10 years ago, if you'd said to me, what is Ethiopian food? I wouldn't be able to tell you. Whereas now some of the biggest food markets in London, probably the most well-known is called Borough Market. It's just off the River Thames. They have some of the best Ethiopian food stools. I've, well, I haven't been to Ethiopia, but you know, the best Ethiopian stools I've tried. Sorry. And um, I think that for me, Trying new cuisines is really important. But, you know, we're talking still at a time where things are still a bit weird in in the UK. So a lot of places have shut, which is Mm -hmm. really sad. We have a massive issue with with the hospitality sector at the moment, but we're not going to get too political about that. (laughs) Um, But I, I mix it up. I have like my local favorites that I love. But I always make sure that I'm ticking something off at least once a month, you know. Yeah. Um, And then in terms of the second part of your question, no, I'm I'm going as, as a get like just as a normal person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. so here's my next question you know i again i love my my fried dough i, I love baked goods uh but every once in a while i kind of get myself a little pack of m&ms do you have like a, a like a, a commoner food that you really enjoy when no one's looking that <laughs> you're like yeah, all right <laughs> <laughs> if people can't see this
0: video my eyes have just lit up <laughs> um so my ugh, i actually had a bit before we started um i am obsessed with nutella oh yeah Yeah. like badly really badly to the point where i'm not allowed to have it in the house because (laughs) it's just not worth anyone's time especially mine right so i'm allowed i allow myself to buy the pot of nutella on one of the most important days of every year which is pancake day shrove tuesday i don't know how big that is in the u.s but it's pretty big over here and that is like yeah i mean i'm not religious but that is just it's just a it's just a it's an excuse to eat pancakes all day, yeah. basically. Yeah, uh, out
1: here we say Mardi Gras more than Shope Tuesday. Okay, or. fine. I mean, okay, yeah.
0: So that <laughs> is the day that Hannah buys the Nutella and basically pours pretty much the whole thing onto a stack of pancakes. Um, <laughs> however, saying that, the reason why I just had some Nutella is because I have these ridiculous Nutella biscuits in my cupboard and I had to have a couple because I saw them and it's sort of the afternoon, evening time here and I needed like a little pick-me-up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Do, do you do, uh, I guess that's that tea, but do you do that picking up often? Are you, are oh, you picking yeah. me up years old? Like I am?
0: I, I, oh, I am. I'm a pick me up like every <laughs> single day. <laughs> I For have, like, a, I have like a 4 p.m. slump. That's what my, that's my situation is yeah. at 4 p.m. I'm needing something a little sweet.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah, here. no,
0: in terms of like commoner food, Nutella and uh, my favorite snack of all time is a packet of crisps. Which are chips, potato chips in America. I
1: I, I knew that. My parents are West Indian, so I I would say I I I speak English, but British English. Like, like, it's a cookie, (laughs) but it's a biscuit. I have no idea. Uh, What's your favorite flavor? So you guys
0: don't have this over there, which is a problem. It's a brand. So they're by, I think they're by Walkers, which is called Lay's Lays out here. Yeah. Yeah. They're called Munster Munch and it's a particular flavor that's pickled onion flavor now oh. these are not potato chips i think they're like puffed corn no maize they're puffed maize okay yeah. and they're shaped like a monster's hand
1: <laughs> okay so i am i'm i'm bringing this up here it it kind of <laughs> how do i describe this <laughs> it, i know <laughs> yeah it, it it's like shaped like a like a, when, back when Cheetos had Chester's paws, and they were the shape of yes, the paws of exactly. Cheetos. Yes, exactly.
0: Yes, they're uh, like paws. And they literally, they're kind of like, if people can, who are watching the video, they're sort of like that. Yeah. But they're, so, they have like a little ring if they're open in the middle. But they are, they're potent because they're so strong that <laughs> when you eat them, you really can't be around people. Because it's like it, it's like a perfume that just goes over your whole body. But they're <laughs> right. amazing. Like I could eat like packets of them.
1: Oh they're, man, that's good to know. Insane. Yeah. I'm going to go in the junk but, tour. but
0: I'm happy for all the American listeners out there. Um, I am a massive Cheetos fan. Huge. Okay. Yeah. And I like the puff ones.
1: Oh yeah. I know yeah, there's but... a
0: bit of I know there's a bit of a like which side are you on? Do you like crunchy or the puffs? I like the puffs. Because they remind me of something I used to eat over here when I was a child. So,
1: in the late '90s, there was there was the bit of the war where Cheese Doodles, which were the puffs, came out with crunchy Cheese Doodles, and then Cheetos came out with Puff Cheetos, and there was oh, wow. this giant war. But what flavored cheese you like? But <laughs> when I was a kid, yeah, the puff the puff like circles are like my thing too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there's so, another, there's another um, crisps uh, a packet that you guys do. Are they called? Bugles or oh bugles, yeah, yeah. The corn
1: they're good. Everyone puts it on your fingers, but then you have corn or whatever. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So you mentioned the idea of taking the show on the road. Uh now with the whole world's opening up. I know you have a travel bucket list, a food bucket list. You know, can be some cities, some some nations that were on your mind.
0: Okay, so I'm actually off to Rome uh at the end of this month. Now I have (laughs) oh yeah I've been to Rome once before I was there about five years ago um the plan that for that is um I'm not doing anything cultural I don't need to see anything I've already seen before I'm there to eat Mm -hmm. I am there to eat eat pasta and pizza for four days don't speak to me don't at me like that (laughs) is me I am done (laughs)
1: You know what? Not not to be a producer, but I would love an episode about how other nations eat uh, during sport. Like, cause you know, in America, we have popcorn, hot dogs, and burgers. I wonder if in Rome they're eating like, you know, pizzas. or.
0: <laughs> I, I reckon they're probably eating pizza.
1: Something I better than so. what we're doing.
0: Yeah, I think so, probably pizza. I don't know, like the pasta just, it tastes different over there. Oh yeah. It's a whole different ball game. Um, so where else? I will be in New York in June. Um, I know we were talking before uh, recording. I used to live in New York uh, yeah. quite a long time ago, sort of 2008, 2009, but I have been back many times. And uh, some of my favorite places actually are in New York. So I'm looking forward to- What park? Uh, so I think the best pizza in the world is actually at a place in Brooklyn. I better be, hey, Brooklyn. Hey. <laughs> um, and it's it's called Lucali's.
1: Okay, Lucali. yeah, yeah, I'm familiar.
0: Yeah, uh, which is in Carroll Gardens in mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, and I actually had Mark, who owns Lucali, um, on my podcast a few seasons ago, and that was really cool. But um, I think that he does the best pizza in the world, and that's a really big statement.
1: It is. Even in Brooklyn, because yeah. everyone has yeah, their own I regional know. favorites.
0: I'll be interested <laughs> to see if anyone has any issues with that actually, because I know people yeah. can be a bit territorial over there, Pete. So that's fine. I'm I'm happy to um I'm happy to have any other um advice or suggestions. I mean like there's a few other places that I've eaten in New York, but for me I thought Lucali was Fabio. Oh, it's
1: top tier. This is all down my mind. So, so yeah. Rome, New York. I love it. The fact that you're doing it, taking the show on the road. That's always the next step. Once you have a, a, a hot concept, uh, before we get out of here though, I, I have to ask you about this and you can actually is live on the YouTube channel, but you interviewed Shaggy <laughs> question mark, how that happened I was like, Hey man, do you eat yeah. every day? Come on. my like, <laughs> How does that, how does that work? <laughs>
0: I know. I I still can't quite believe that one either. So let me take you back to 2020. He was launching a new album, I believe, at the time. His PR team got in touch with me. They said, listen, we've heard about the podcast. Would you like him to come on? You know, he's doing The thing is, with a lot of these like quite well-known guests like Shaggy, these guys do podcasts and interviews when they're going through the promo season right so Mm -hmm. he has I think he would had released a Christmas album, which was called like Christmas on the islands or something like that. And, uh, and I said, um, Yeah, obviously, uh, that that guy wrote the soundtrack of my childhood. And honestly, I have to say hand on heart, what a lovely guy. What a lovely guy. And probably one of the most embarrassing moments of my short presenting career happened on that episode where I felt that it would be rude not to ask him the one question on everyone's minds, which was, was was it him? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And his response was actually quite amusing. I thought he was just gonna be like, no, it wasn't me. Um, He said, it's not about the fact of whether it was me or wasn't me. It's when is that question going to end?
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That is a, that's, that's pretty deep. Now. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> it, it's always interesting when you, when things, when well, I say go viral, but back in the day, things didn't go viral. They, they did something more positive than that. Uh, I remember seeing that first, that video on like the the community access, we bootleg this video from the islands thing. And to see it become like in great, I also DJ weddings. That, that's my quote-unquote day job, even though it's mostly night and weekends. <laughs> um, to see people go singing the words and stuff, like it, as a creator, and this is how I'm going to wrap it up here, as a creator, we want to be able to create things that are everlasting. You know, there are generations that read Harry Potter, or people don't want to read The Alchemist, or they sing the songs to It Wasn't Me. I mean, how? what is a legacy on your mind right now for both Crazy Sexy Food and for Hannah as well?
0: I want to be the person that I did, couldn't find on TV when I was younger. And what I mean by that is someone who has struggled for years with confidence, accepting the way that she looks, pressures to be able to finally do what I love and hopefully to, I guess, be a voice to those young girls that I once was. Um, who struggles with their weight or the way they look in, in whatever way i want to um i want to be that voice and in terms of for me there is no end point i just want to keep going
1: keep going it's going to be it's
0: going to be global you heard it here first
1: <laughs> oh wow don't forget about when you blow up <laughs> Thanks so much for being on the show. This has been a really cool chat. Hopefully people can really draw some inspirations of what you're doing, what you're building, what you continue to do right here, right now, today. If someone wanted to follow you, connect with you, ask you a question on the internet space, how do they go about doing that?
0: So you can find me on Instagram at crazy sexy food and also at Hannah Harley. The YouTube channel is just called crazy sexy food. And obviously the podcast is available everywhere.
1: Oh yeah, I'm getting there now before, you know, he gets a cutoff at the lot. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> Everyone's welcome here. I uh, can't wait to see how it blows up. Please come back if you have some downtime between to. seasons. This is New Hampshire Maria, the podcast for creatives. And as always, please make your hometown proud. Good night, everyone. Hey, before you go, just want to say my book, Graduation Day, Life Lessons from the Real World, is now available on Amazon. You know, the concept of the book comes from when I graduated college and I wasn't impressed about my commencement speaker and what he had to say. And I said, I had some life experiences. Let me go back in time to a proverbial time machine and tell young for me things I learned as an adult. I share stories about the time where I almost died riding a motorcycle or the time where I had no money but decided to do a wedding in Italy, DJ a wedding in Italy to save my business and much, much more. Graduation Day, Life Lessons from the Real World is available on Amazon. Just look for me at Global Voice.
0: Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W, Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours.